If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on CityCast Chicago, Chicago needs your blood. No, 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 no. Not in like some creepy Halloween vampire kind of way. Trust me. But in the real life saving national blood shortage kind of way. The American Red Cross reported supplies had dropped by 25% between just August and September. So what does that mean? We stopped by the University of Chicago Hospital's Blood Donation Center to find out. And I do my small part to boost reserves. It's Tuesday, October 31st. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. I mean, I'm sitting in like what you like the chair you imagine at the dentist's office, the big blue chair. There are a bunch of machines around me that I can't understand. Uh, Regina standing off to my right. I'm down there on my right arm. Seems like she's getting the, the needle and the tube and all of the, the little containers together. But yeah, this is your traditional doctor's office with a splash of color, you know, some thank you notes and the names of people who I believe who, maybe people who donated or people who received the donations. Hi, I am Regina Logan and my title is pre-analytical technician in the blood donor center. That was the easiest screening I've ever been through in my life. I learned so much about Regina. She's so funny. (laughs) At one point, we had to redo the blood pressure because my pulse was too high because I was laughing too much. And she was like, we got to calm down. You got to take a breath. Take some breath. She said the the screening process is sort of your flight. Now we have the cruise. The royal flight to the royal cruise. There we go. So you just make this area your cruise area. Okay, so just sort of shift into the just cruise. Just shift into the cruise. We can go wherever you want to go, right? Okay. And it's cool out, but that sunshine up there, pink sunshine to the left, mm-hmm. great. Awesome. So no crossing the legs once we get started and no sleeping. No sleeping? Nope. Okay. Absolutely not. So we're headed to Santorini. All right, let's do it. It's going to be a quick cruise, I might I add. <laughs> yeah. A little three-day? A little, maybe a little shorter than that, because you got a good vein, and I know you got to flow good, so. Hi, my name is Dr. Jeffrey Wool. I'm the medical director of the Blood Bank at the University of Chicago Medicine. Dr. Wool, I've seen a lot of headlines that uh, right now the Red Cross is telling people there is a, a blood shortage in our country. Why is it important for people to be donating blood? The need for blood is present, you know, in nearly all hospitals across the United States, uh, from large to small, who uh, care for pregnant women, trauma patients, surgery patients, um, patients getting chemotherapy. So nationwide, there's there's a, there's a, a survey of um, blood availability year over year, and those numbers have shown that since 2010 or 2008, 2010, somewhere in there, uh, we've sort of had peak blood and been coming downwards. And some of that is just that there's 
been less blood use, but there's also been some declines that we don't really want, declines in, uh, in blood donation because older donors who are reliable donors have uh, aged out or, or passed away and, they're, and, and, and we need younger donors to take their place. And we've been somewhat successful in that, but we're not quite meeting where we need to be. And there used to be a lot of gap between what was collected, the total blood we get from donors and what was transfused. The, the gap there is technically waste, but because it ends up never being transfused, but it allowed, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a helpful resource because you could move the blood around to where it was needed. Um, and now those lines are very close to each other. There is no extra. We don't ship blood to other hospitals generally, but the blood suppliers, Red Cross and it, by Talent Versity are the three, made, uh, three big ones. They absolutely have blood at hub locations and they move it to where it needs to be. And so you talk about that wiggle room sort of being depleted. Uh, I mean, has there ever been a moment where we've reached a crisis point where we haven't not only have not had extra, but have really had a time where hospitals or institutions have gone without? Yes. Uh, during COVID was very challenging. Uh, a lot of blood collection events happen in high schools and in uh, large businesses, corporations, where they can get a cafeteria full of willing donors. And with COVID, those sort of shut down. You've mentioned young people, group of patients. Is there any group in particular that is being strongly encouraged to donate blood more? We need all donors. Um, while Group O people might hear that they're helpful for red cells, we need platelets from everybody. I mean, we need all the different blood products. So we encourage everyone to donate. Uh, we really want to get young people in the door and make it uh, an enjoyable experience that they feel that they're benefiting man and womankind, which they are. Are there any uh, requirements for donating blood, whether it's age or health restrictions, things like that? So there are a lot of requirements about donating blood. You're never too old to donate blood, so long as you meet the other health requirements, we're happy to have your blood products. Uh, in Illinois, it, it, the younger age varies by uh, state. In Illinois, it's 17 on your own. And then there's rules about that are trying to both keep the donor healthy, because the donor walked in to us as a healthy person. We want to keep them in that, in that way. So we have rules about not taking too much blood, not taking it too frequently, so that we don't make them anemic. Everybody's so nice here. They got popcorn, they got barbecue yeah, chips. Oh, that's a way bigger bag of presents um, you get on the plane. I know, right? And, we and got, you got Halloween tattoos. And we got peanuts too. How much blood do you take? One pint of blood. One pint. Beyond knowing that you're doing something for your community to help other people, how do you make the actual process comfortable for people when they're in the building, whether they, you know, have a fear of needles or not? Uh, fear of needles is something that can be uh, can be a struggle for some people. So um, we do have to use a needle to remove it, but <laughs> we uh, we have you know highly trained, uh, friendly staff, and they're going to nearly all the time get get that blood collected in the you know most pain-free and sometimes you don't even know they've put the needle in so just talking to the donor staff you know they're really enthusiastic people they're happy that you're there they want to talk to you they want to hear about what's going on with you and we, or, uh, we have tvs and internet access all sorts of stuff to make it as enjoyable 
and a way to pass a little bit, a few minutes with us as possible. How much can you take in a... So we only, we only take the one pack, one pack. Got it. How much can a human lose and be okay? <laughs> well, I think a human has what? Six? Six pints of blood in the body? You take one sixth of the pints out? No, but How fast once does it come you back? leave and you eat really good this afternoon to help replenish that good stuff, so by the end of the day, you'll be great. You'll be fine. You never even know your deluxe thing. One sixth of all my blood? Mm -hmm. Oh my god. You all are vampires. And we are. Oh, this. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that. Oh, don't look. Good. You got this little bag in front of me, you got them little vials. I was like, look at that, this almost over. I look down. There's a whole bag. There's a whole little coach book bag. A little satchel, a little fanny pack of And then we have rules about making sure that their blood is healthy and safe to give to others. So we're asking about uh, behaviors that might increase uh, diseases that can be transmitted through, through transfusion. And um, there are a lot of rules, so we'll ask you some somewhat invasive questions. We do that in a, on a form, and then we, we, the staff reviews the form in a, in a private booth or room uh, so that we want donors to feel comfortable answering honestly, because the, the answer, honest answers to the question are the foundation for a safe blood supply. We used to ask questions that dealt with, uh, for sexually transmitted diseases, that the questions differed based on uh, gender and sexual preference, and we are no longer uh, asking questions in that way. We're asking about risk behaviors that can impact uh, donors regardless of their gender or sexual preference. We ask about um, travel uh, related to uh, malarial risks and other um, diseases that might be prevalent in other parts of the world. Um, and then a lot of it reflects on uh, sexual transmitted or uh, IV drug transmitted uh, diseases. We want to try to identify people who are at higher risk of having those and select against them. And we're talking about a it's called a window period when it's just the beginning of the infection before our tests will turn positive. And we do a ton of tests, but they're just not perfect. And we want, and there is that gap from infection to turn those tests turning positive. And that time is when a donor could potentially give a risky unit. So we used to ask about uh, men who have sex with men uh, and their sexual activity. Uh, we no longer ask about that. We ask about, um, promiscuity and uh, different insertive sexual behaviors that are higher risk for um, transmitting HIV. So specifically, we ask about um, multiple partners or ask about um, anal sex. It's still not perfect. It's still not exactly the same um, depending on your sexual behavior, but it is much closer to being as equitable as we can. And how long does the process take? Whole blood donation is faster. It'll take about 30 minutes total. Uh, we do ask you to sort of stick around, get hydrated, have some snacks, make sure you're feeling well before you walk out. Um, platelets take longer, two to three hours. Um, that's, we understand that that's a significant time for the donor and we, that's why we make sure that they have uh, internet access or TV to watch or they can take a nap, whatever uh, 
is makes it easier for them. And a lot of the platelet donors become uh, repeat donors, come in m multiple times a year, and it, they're, it's just incredibly helpful to the platelet supply, which is always a little tight, as I said. How are you feeling? Oh, like, like I just gave one sixth of all of my blood. Ah. No, I feel great. <laughs> ah, <laughs> you completely distracted me. I forgot it was happening. Yeah, you were halfway done already. Mm -hmm. Told you this cruise is going to be the quickest. Did it, did it hurt at all, Jacoby? No, my arm was like a little weak for a little bit. Like it just felt a little, a little heavier. But no, she she a pro with the with the needle, in and out. How often can you give blood? So whole blood you can give every eight weeks, and platelets you can donate every one week. The blood I'm donating today is gonna stay here at the University of Chicago, but you know, does it matter whether you donate at a hospital or a Red Cross or like a local blood drive? So all of the donating blood anywhere in the United States is gonna help the United States blood supply. Uh, we have a hospital-based blood donation center or donor room, which used to be a little bit more common in the United States, so it's shut down over time uh, related to cost, and it's a high regulatory burden to maintain a, a blood collection uh, activity. So yeah, it, it, based on where you donate it, it might end up in different places, but it's absolutely all gonna help everyone because if one place has a shortage, that's gonna pull blood and sort of make a shortage everywhere. Are there different times of the year when you need blood most? Obviously, like you said, you want any and everybody if they meet the requirements to be donating, but is there a time of the year when it's a particular challenge? Summers are generally the hardest because the high schools are out. Got it. And so it's so much of it sounds like it's based or it's connected to those mass scale events that you're able to do, whether in schools or whether in organizations. Well, Dr. Wool, thank you so much for making time for us today, uh, letting us come in your office and telling us everything uh, we needed to know about giving blood today. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I feel good. You still out a brick for our brick wall? I did. So now, I next time you come back, you get a star. So you're a star for today, and you get a star. Oh, so that's what the stars on the wall mean. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I can't make this my last time seeing you all. You all were way too nice. Way too nice. Before I let you go, our friends at WTTW just wrapped their candy bracket and the classic Frango Mints won out. Now, to say I'm shocked would be an understatement. I, like probably most of y'all, thought Snickers had it in the bag. We running our own little Chicago candy poll in our newsletter, Hey Chicago. Check the show notes for a link and make sure you head to chicago.citycast.fm to subscribe. Of course, I can't let you go without some good news. It's kind of like a like a trademark. I mean, technically, it's not a TM if we don't do a little some good news. Halloween may be over after today, but Day of the Dead celebrations continue this week. You can stop by Marquette Park's Dia de los Muertos celebration Friday at 5 o'clock. They'll have traditional dance performances, art workshops, food, and more. As always, we appreciate you for reading and listening. We're back bright and early tomorrow. We're going to talk to you then.